Good afternoon, good people, and welcome back to the Word Encounter. Um, this is episode 45. We stopped in Judges chapter 8 yesterday, so we're going to pick up in chapter 9. Just as a reminder, if we go to eight, uh, chapter 8, verse 30, Gideon had 70 sons, his own offspring, uh, since he had many wives. His concubine, who was in Shechem, also bore him a son and named him Abimelech, the notorious Abimelech. Abimelech. We're going to find out why I call him that next. So in chapter 9, in verse 1, it says, Abimelech, son of Jeroboam, Jeroboam is Gideon, that's another name for Gideon, uh, went to Shechem and spoke to his uncles and his mother's whole clan, saying, Please speak in the hearing of all the citizens of Shechem. Is it better for you that 70 men, all the sons of Jeroboam, rule over you, or that one man rule over you? Remember, that I am your own flesh and blood. And so Abimelech is positioning himself to be the ruler over Israel. And so then um, his mother and, 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 and relatives you know, spoke to the people of Shechem, and they seemed to say, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So they gave him some money. It says in verse 4, Abimelech used it to hire worthless and reckless men, and they followed him. When he, went, he got some scoundrels on his side. In verse 5, he went to his father's house of Ophrah and killed his 70 brothers, the sons of Jeroboam, on top of a large stone. Now, this is important. On top of a large stone is where the pagan uh, religions would sacrifice things. And so, essentially, uh, Abimelech was sacrificing his brothers to his rulership. And so, but Jotham, the youngest son of Jeroboam, survived because he hid. Then all the citizens of Shechem and Beth Milo gathered together and proceeded to make Abimelech king at the Oak of Pillar in Shechem. Now, this is the first time that we become aware that there is a king in Israel. In verse 7, it says, uh, Then they told Jotham, and when Jotham heard this, he climbed to the top of Mount Gerizim, raised his voice, and called to them. So he went to the top of the mount, called to the people, and he started delivering a parable to them, saying, you know, you, you made this guy king, but he's going to come back and he's going he's gonna to really, really do some dirty stuff to you. So he's warning them. And then he goes on to essentially give them, he goes on to, to basically give them a curse after that. But anyway, in verse 17, we see uh, Joseph uh, says to the people, for my father fought for you, risked his life and rescued you from Midian. And now you have attacked my father's family today killed his 70 sons on top of a large stone, and made Abimelech, the son of his slave woman, king over the citizens of Shechem, because he is your brother? And so he's saying, you've made this guy the son of a prostitute, you know, the king over you because you say he's your brother? You know, and, and so, uh, and then he goes on to deliver his curse to them. And then in verse 21, after he does this, then Jotham fled, escaping to Beer, and lived uh, there because, his, because of his brother Abimelech. And so he, he delivers this parable, essentially saying, look, this guy is going to come back and, and do some dirt and, uh, against you. You know, and then he reminds them of how they treated his father's family, delivers them a curse, and then flees. And so then we see in verse 22, it says, When Abimelech had ruled over Israel three years, God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the citizens of Shechem. They treated Abimelech deceitfully, so that the crime against the 70 sons of Jeroboam might come to justice 
and their blood would be avenged on their brother Abimelech who killed them and on the citizens of Shechem who had helped him kill his brothers. And so the Lord sends a, uh, sends a, a spirit that creates division, okay? And it says, you know, God sent an evil spirit that creates division between Abimelech and the people of Shechem because of what they have done. And so, and so then this happens. And so it comes to pass where Abimelech gets made aware of some things that the people of Shechem were saying against him. He brings his army against them, uh, against the city. And so he approaches the city and they essentially uh, go, to war, go to war. And so uh, if we drop down to verse 45, it says, so Abimelech fought against the city uh, that entire day, captured it and killed the people who were in it. Then he tore down the city and sold it with salt. And so he came against the city. He fought the city. He killed the people that were in the city. But there were some remnants of the people that migrated to the Tower of Shechem. And it's essentially a temple. And so they went into the tower and shut themselves in in order to protect them from the army of Abimelech. And so, so what happens is Abimelech gets made aware of this. And so then uh, by his troops, and so he grabs a branch, he tells his troops to do the same thing, grab a branch and then follow me. And so in verse 49, each, um, each of the troops also cut his own branch and followed Abimelech. They put the branches against the inner chamber of the tower and set it on fire. About a thousand men and women died, including all the men of the tower of Shechem. And so Shechem now has received his just desserts from Abimelech. They gave him their support. Abimelech, you know, they had a schism between them because the Lord sent a spirit. Abimelech comes against him and kills all the people of Shechem. So there's another town. And Abimelech goes over to this other town uh, because he wants to do the same thing. And so he came against it, captured it and whatnot, became uh, aware of people migrating to and going into the tower. And so we see... Um, in verse 52, it says, uh, when Abimelech came to attack the tower, he approached its interest to set it on fire. Do the same thing he did to Shechem. But in verse 53, it says, but a woman threw the upper portion of a millstone on Abimelech's head and fractured his skull. He quickly called his armor bearer and said to him, draw your sword and kill me, or they'll say about me, a woman kill me. And so that's what the armor bearer did. He ran him through. So apparently it was a big disrespect for a man to get killed by a woman, and even in his death, or when he was dying, he did not want this to be his reputation, so he had his armor bearer run him through, and that's what happened. It says in verse 56, in this way, God brought back Abimelech's evil, the evil that Abimelech had done to his father when he killed his 70 brothers. God also brought back to the men of Shechem all their evil, so the curse of Jotham, the son of Jeroboam, came upon them. And so the curse that, that, that Jeroboam told, excuse me, that Jotham told him was going to happen to them because of the acts they, uh, they got themselves involved in came true. And so let's go on to chapter 10. It says, after Abimelech, Tola, the son of Pua, uh, became judge and began to deliver Israel. In verse 2, Tola judged Israel 23 years. In verse 3, after him came Jair, uh, a Gileadite, who judged Israel 22 years. And so there were 45 years after Abimelech, um, uh, Israel was ruled, or judges, Israel had judges that uh, wanted to put them on the right track. But we see in verse 6, the word says, Then the Israelites again did, was, did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So again they turned from him. 
In verse 7, so the Lord's anger burned against Israel, and he sold them to the Philistines and the Ammonites. They shattered and crushed the Israelites that year and for 18 years. So for 18 years, they put them through the ringer. In verse 10, so the Israelites cried out to the Lord, saying, We have sinned against you, we have abandoned our God, and worshiped the Baals. So they're coming to a recognition, yes, we have, did the, we have done this, and we have sinned against you. In verse 11, the Lord said to the Israelites, When the Egyptians, Amorites, Ammonites, Philistines, Sidonians, Amalekites, and Moanites oppressed you, and you cried out to me, did I not deliver you from them? So didn't I, you cried out to me, didn't I deliver you? Verse 13, but you have abandoned me and worshiped other gods. Therefore, I will not deliver you again. Go and cry out to the gods you have chosen. Let them deliver you whenever you are oppressed. <laughs> but the Israelites didn't give up. It says in uh, verse 15, but the Israelites said, we have sinned. Deal with us as you see fit. Only rescue us today. Yes, we have done this travesty against you. But deal with us later on. But today, rescue us. You know, get us out of this mess today. You can handle us however you want to handle us after that. But today, get us out of this mess. Uh, in verse 16, so they got rid of the foreign gods among them and worshiped the Lord. And he became uh, weary. Um, he became weary of uh, Israel's miry, uh, misery. <laughs> he became weary of Israel's misery. And so the Lord got tired of, of their misery. And so what happened then was that the Ammonites started to gather to come against uh, the Israelites. And so the Israelites need to fight them, and, and, and they don't know what to do. And so <clears throat> the Lord is going to send them a deliverer, deliverer as he has done before. So it says in uh, uh, chapter 11, verse 1, Jepheth, uh, the Gileadite, was a valiant warrior, but he was the son of a prostitute, and Gilead was his father. So here we have another son of a prostitute, uh, just like Abimelech was. Uh, verse 2, Gilead's wife bore him sons, and when they grew up, they drove Jepheth out and said to him, you will have no inheritance in our father's family because you are the son of another woman. And so the brothers, they drive him out. They don't want any part of him. You're not going to have any of our inheritance. You're a half-brother. You're not a full brother. Get out of here. And so, and so he leaves, and then uh, they need to fight the Ammonites, and so, uh, so the uh, Gileadites, they, they, they have a problem here because they realize they need some help. And so it says in verse 4, Sometime later the Ammonites fought against Israel. When the Ammonites made war with Israel, the elders of uh, Gilead went to Japheth uh, from the land of Tob. They said to him, Come be our commander and let's fight the Ammonites. Uh, verse 7, Japheth replied to the elders of uh, Gil Gilead, Didn't you hate me and drive me out of my father's family? Why then have you come to me now when you're in trouble? In verse 8, they answered uh, Jephthah, That's true, but now we turn to you. Come with us, fight the Ammonites, and you will become leader of all the inhabitants of Gilead. They said, yes, we drove you out. Yes, we did this travesty, but we're in trouble now. We need you. Come help us. That's exactly what Jephthah does. And so he says, okay, I'll be your commander and whatnot. So he goes, and they go to fight against um, uh, the Ammonites. <clears throat> And then it says in verse 29, the spirit of the Lord came on Jephthah, you know, and in verse 30, it said, Jephthah made this vow to the Lord. If you in fact hand over the Ammonites to me, whoever comes out the doors of my house to greet me when I return safely from the Ammonites will belong to the Lord. And I will offer that person as a burnt offering. 
And so he made his vow to the Lord. I'm going to, the first person that greets me, I'm going to offer to you, Lord, if you give me this victory. And so then he crosses over to fight against the Ammonites and defeats them. And so he's going back home. It says in verse 34, when Jephthah went uh, to, his to his home in Mizpah, uh, there was his daughter coming out to meet him with tambourines and dancing. She was his only child. He had no other son or daughter besides her. When he saw her, he tore his clothes and said, no, not my daughter. You have devastated me. You have brought great misery on me. I have given my word to the Lord and cannot take it back. So he realizes he has to dedicate her to the Lord. Then she said to him, my father, you have given your word to the Lord. Do, do to me as you have said, for the Lord brought vengeance on your enemies, the Ammonites. She also said to her father, let me do this one thing. Let me wander two months through the mountains with my friends and mourn my virginity. And so she knew she was going to be offered to the Lord. She was not going to have a family that was her, his only um, offspring. So he wasn't going to have any blood legacy. In verse 38, he said, uh, go. And he sent her away two months. So she left with her friends and mourned her virginity as she wandered through the mountains. And so, um, so that was, you know, so the lesson there to me is you got to watch what you vow. You know, you really got to watch what you vow. You can say some things in the heat of the moment and not realize what you're doing. And so <clears throat> be careful um, because with our vows, they're not mandatory. They're voluntary. And so then we go on to chapter 12 and says, the men of Ephraim were called together and crossed the Jordan. Um, they said to Japheth, why have you crossed over to fight against the Ammonites, but didn't call us to go with you? We will burn up your house with you in it. And so here we get, go again, the men of Ephraim coming down and says, uh, you know, just like uh, they did before with Gideon. And they were like, well, look, why haven't, why didn't you call us uh, to fight with you so we could partake in your glory? And so they were very upset. And so, uh, so they then went to war. They're, the brothers are fighting now. And so in, in verse 4, then Jephthah gathered all the men of Gilead. They fought and defeated the, uh, Ephraim because Ephraim had said, you Gileadites are Ephraimite fugitives in territories of Ephraim and Manasseh. And so they went to war. And it says, at that, uh, at that time, 42,000 from Ephraim died. And so we see 42,000 died basically because of pride. That's the bottom line. They were mad because they didn't get to go to war. And, um, and so that was, was how that situation had borne out. So with that, we will pick up in chapter 13 tomorrow, and we will talk about one of my favorite people in the Bible, Samson. We will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye now.